Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everyone and after a couple of weeks of break welcome back to private education the smart sex and relationships podcast Um, we took a break last week because there's a pandemic on and to be honest lads I just really wasn't in the humor of recording and that's not something that happens to me ever because there's nothing I love more than a good uh, you know chat with the wall so um, this week I'm very excited to have Sophie White welcome Sophie oh hello thank you for having me oh hello you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, Sophie has, jeez, oh, I have like her CV here and it runs to like nine pages. So I'll just give you the cliff notes. <laughs> so Sophie is, <laughs> Sophie's a co-founder of Rogue Collective, which I am also part of, as you might or might not know. Um, Sophie is an author. You've got like, what have you, two, three book, three books on the go or four books on the go or where are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got two that are out and I've got two that are written and ready and waiting. So my next book is out in June and it's called Unfiltered I feel bad about myself every time I list your like I really do I'm just like how many books is it now Sophie aside from like the 15 podcasts you do so Sophie also (laughs) records my CV is obnoxiously long because I have things like good (laughs) as human pyramids in it (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's another reason I'm jealous but um you also like Sophie does um I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening uh, will have heard of these podcasts because um it's part of the tall tales podcast group I suppose so mother of pod is my favorite even though I have not got a child, Mother of Pod, I scream laughing at every time. And then the creep dive. And you also do the Vulture Club for Row Collective, which is another favourite of mine of late. Um, so, yeah, I've already welcomed you, but we're going to talk today. Sophie suggested these topics, but it's something that, to be honest, something that I wanted to talk about really in depth for a really long time. But I was too kind of, I guess I was nervous to ask a guest to come on and talk about it because it's so intensely personal and I didn't want to be like, hey, so let's talk about how difficult it is to get the ride when you've got three children. But Sophie, how difficult is it to get the ride when you've got three children? <laughs> well, um, it's uh, it's really, it's it's the hardest you can imagine. <laughs> um, because I feel so I'm coming to you from, I'm five weeks into having three kids, have not got the ride yet. Um, okay. I I mean it's still early days. It's still early days, exactly. Um, I felt good after my last birth, though, and uh, my mom was like, uh, on day two when my son was two days old, she was like, "How are you feeling downtown?" And I was like, literally, I could, you know, I could ride a bike right now. It's crazy. Really. Sometimes, like the bounce back of your vag will just take even you by surprise, Matt. 
I'm interested in the be- in the vag bounce back because there's not a bother it wasn't on her. Always that way. I know. I it wasn't know. always that way for you though. Am I right? I <laughs> have had it both ways. Um, yeah. So my <laughs> first uh, birth was a C-section, and then my second birth, I had a vaginal birth, and what ensued after that was has become known since as vagmageddon. It. This went is what. Yeah, dark. I have insider knowledge about this. Tell me more. So, Tell me more. I mean, I I got I did for a while feel a bit guilty about talking a lot about Vajmageddon. Um I me and Jen on Mother of Pod would allude to it here and there. Um, but I kind of felt a bit bad because I definitely didn't want to put the fear into women about um giving birth. Because actually, like of course. I've really enjoyed giving birth both times. Like and I, I I know that's probably an annoying thing to hear for somebody who's like, just shove it up your gate. It's the worst. <laughs> but look, <laughs> it was it was kind of it was good in a painful way. But anyway, um, okay. but then anyway, I decided, look, I'll just come clean about Vajmageddon because, you know, I think women are so hardy sometimes and we're very yeah. accustomed, I think, to putting up with pain and discomfort. So after my second birth, I think it took me ages to realize that this was really not right. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. well, a baby just bust out of there. So like, of course she's upset. And um, sorry, I won't yeah. personify my vag the whole time. I hate when people do that. But um, I'm happy to. I, I love how you're calling her she. It's like, but also it's kind of distancing your vag from yourself. You're, you're kind of like, that's not actually part of me. That's a whole entity of its own. I know. It's like, I respect her. We are pals. Yeah. <laughs> I want to support her. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So I basically had a really good birth, um, except for I'd had a episiotomy, which is where they mm-hmm. snip your, um, again, like not a doctor, <laughs> but they, they snip your vag basically to help make space for the yeah. last bit of the baby's head coming out. Um, I'm doing a lot of like punching gestures and shit that are not visible on a podcast. What do you know? Um, <laughs> and so they sewed up the episiotomy, but it did not heal well. And oh, no. it just seemed to drag on as an issue for like months so I was I was seen by um a doctor in Hollis Street's outpatient clinic they have a special clinic um and I was seen there for the kind of next three months as they tried to monitor its progress and I was like come on little badge we can do this but in the end I had to and it's not too bad like sometimes I've I think they have to kind of re- stitch people and kind of get re-involved in a big way but for me what they did was they brought me in one week and they were like okay you're really not where we'd hope you'd be and this is after like I'd had all these kinds of different encounters with midwives one very memorable one where the midwife had me like open up and she had a look and she was like you haven't looked at this have you so anyway in the end they did something which is called cauterizing um, and they told me they were going to do it and they basically were like, now don't Google it. We'll do it next week. Don't Google it between now and then. And I was like, oh my God, all week. It was like the big red button. Like, we're like, oh, we've got to Google it. I've got to see what cauterizing is. I presume, I presume you Googled it though, right? I didn't. No? I didn't. I decided wow, it would well spook me so much. 
Um, yeah, and now fair. I wish I had because I would have taken some just Valium before I went into hospital that morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But instead <laughs> I trotted in being like cauterization. I'm sure it'll be like a day at the spa. And instead it's basically <laughs> when they kind of like they get like a kind of a rod and they kind of like. I think it's they, yeah, somebody will be like, this is not how you cauterize something, Sophie. But I think they kind of chemically um, burn off the kind of uh, scar tissue that's not healing properly. So they didn't, I didn't take any of my home Valium. And when I got right. there, they couldn't. Did they offer you anything? No, they said they couldn't <gasps> offer me anything more exciting than a paracetamol because I wasn't an in. Are you joking? I know, crushing. And I tell you, I don't think a man would put up with that. But I, being a stupid woman, Absolutely was not. just like, okay. So they, I mean, they do inject a local anesthetic, but they're injecting that right into but your no. raw vag. Your vag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bear vag. Oh, my God. But then so I have like, to say I, I things really think... turned around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I, 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 when you were saying just, just before that, like, women are really, like, accustomed to pain and we're like we kind of gaslight ourselves out of having things because we're like, no, I'm probably fine. I'm probably just being crazy. Totally. Like, and I think that's, I, because that's like, the messaging we've been receiving from the medical totally. establishment for a century. It actually is. Yes. And they're like, no, cat, we could, you'll be fine on paracetamol. And you're like, you're about to inject my bare vag. Please give me more than paracetamol. <laughs> yes. But... But I think we like like for just I, I obviously haven't given birth um, and I've never had a pregnancy either. So I haven't experienced any of the sort of um, levels of pain that I'm sure you have. But like even from kind of just a month on month perspective, like I had a period last month where I honestly felt like there was a, an elephant trying to burst free from my labia. Like my there was so much pressure in my vagina that I was like, this is this cannot be normal but I was just like I'm sure it's probably normal I'm sure it's fine there could be there could be anything going on down there and we'd be like no this is all this is all par for the course oh I'm just, just overreacting to I'm accept. overreacting yeah yeah and then you eventually react and somebody's like oh my god why didn't you come in here days oh, ago I got like yeah. blood poisoning during Vajmageddon and they were like you really should have actioned this like how have you been coping they meant with the pain oh and I was like I mean not well, well but I also <laughs> just assumed I was just being a dick and overreacting <laughs> like yeah like and but it's the only women that do that it really is completely well I believe and well you, I think we do have uh, yeah I believe phenomenal that too. pain thresholds um I do too yeah I, I think that too like if you've ever but seen I, a man uh, just have like a sort of a ticklish cough I think you'll then be yes. like, wow, women are yeah, really just getting on with shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And we don't mean coronavirus. Like if you have a tickly cough at the moment, we fully understand if you want to overreact and go and get a test. Feel we free do. to clog up those that. testing centres. No, 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 no. Honestly, react if you feel like you need to react. <laughs> um, no, but so true. And also if you like, you know, give birth with a man in the room, as lots of women do, and you see the sheer abject terror on their faces, you're like, oh, yeah, yes. they really don't know pain in that they intimate way that women do because it's like what you're no, describing really with don't. your period like we just are at a point for so much of our lives where we're just kind of you know just a sort of a you know background level of pain accompanies us it's just kind of par for yeah, the woman just all course. the time yeah totally which yeah, um, yeah. 
you know, is a real pain in the arse. I always think of like how, you know, if men had to do virtually any of the stuff that women have to do, biologically speaking, they, they would have absolutely sorted that out years ago. Like, there's no way they oh ever God, would have totally. bothered with space exploration. They would have just sorted Not out the chance. fact that we grow people inside people and then push those people yeah. outside, out through very small orifices. Um, they absolutely yeah. would have sorted that. I always remember years ago going to this Museum of Archaeology in Athens and there was a room um, all dedicated to kind of the earliest medical equipment and I was like, oh right. wow, look at all this crazy shit. It looks like medieval torture crap. It was all from like 500 BC in um, ancient Greek times and I right. came over to a display case and saw what I could never have predicted. Something familiar. And I was like, what the? Oh. It's a speculum. You know, the vag crank that they use yeah, to open for, your vag during smear um, tests and smears. Things. Yeah. yeah. That design yeah. has not altered in over 2000 years. Like they are just still cranking the vag open with the same thing. And I don't think it's because it's the absolute greatest implement of all time. I just think nobody has bothered to think. No one cares enough nobody cares to make enough. it more comfortable for us. I know. Oh my god! But look, really... I mean, at the at the basic level, it's going to be dick shaped, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> the, that it can only go one way. But it kind of <laughs> looks like, like a duck's bill, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. I always think of it as being like it's... a little car jack for your vagina, where they're just like yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> oh my god, I had the funniest encounter actually um, during one of my pregnancies, which really made me think like right. God, nobody's putting that much research into pregnancy. And um, at one point they had, um, they suspected that I was losing uterine fluid. Um, and right. I was like, I, I thought I had maybe sort of started leaking my waters because when yeah. you're pregnant, you're just kind of moist and kind of pissing yourself casually all the time. So just it's hard just to comes tell. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And okay. so I'd gone in to have this checked and they'd kind of looked on the scan and they can kind of assess the fluid on the scan. Um, but they were like, well, we probably need to do sort of a more rigorous test to establish whether mm -hmm. or not you're losing waters. And I was like, OK, excellent. Here comes the science. Like, finally, in three babies, I'm going to experience some I'm ready like, for science. advanced technology yeah. here. Um, something that'll like really be comfortable for me and probably protect my dignity and all that kind of thing. And safe, babe. Yeah. 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 And so then he got out the little vag crank and um, kind of winched it open. <laughs> and then he yeah. was like, um, now we have some students um, on the ward to this week. Would you mind if they sat in for educational purposes? And I was like, I don't even know what's coming, but OK, which was stupid. And um, so then suddenly the room was full of like nine people. Um, OK. All downtown. Meanwhile, the, the vag crank is in. Vag crank in place. in place and cranked. <laughs> and... I was like, what are they going to do? Like, I was very excited. I thought there might be like, I don't know, some, I don't know, a alkaline <laughs> strip or a litmus test or a Bunsen burner. And instead, the guy just said, OK, now you just cough a few times. And then he just looked up my vag with a torch to see if you could see anything leaking out. <laughs> oh, my God. So and we're all the slightly around you. just like... Uh, and taking notes, just been like, and then ask the la step one, put the vag crank in. Step two, ask the nice lady to cough a couple <laughs> of times. Step three, check for water. Like <laughs> step four, make sure is this there is what no dignity is? left inside this woman. Oh my god, yes. But also, well, by that point, you're so far beyond caring too that like it's so funny. 
like now I think back to things that might have embarrassed me pre babies and I'm just like wow yeah. I've moved yeah, so yeah. deeply beyond embarrassment like it's quite exciting yeah. it's like what could happen <laughs> next in my life like I'm ready for <laughs> all of it you know <laughs> like I was giving birth so, with my second and yeah. um they did a shift change of midwives about halfway right. through the birth and I was okay. like up on the bed you know hospital beds quite high and I was on all mm-hmm. fours and I was facing away from the right. door when they brought in the new team of midwives like just two brand new people being led in to the room like literally eye level with my anus I would say literally yeah, yeah beautiful hanging off the back of that bed howling and I'd say I just was like I just kind of grunted hello. Hey guys. Literally. Hello. Hi. I mean at Welcome. that moment you're just so beyond. <laughs> beyond. Just caring. Yes. <laughs> so you know obviously you know Vajmageddon happened and then you know subsequently you had another child and pregnancy so I presume in the interim there was riding there was I presume that had to happen now riding so how long after really kind of um you know it sounds quite physical and you know <laughs> yeah it just sounds really it was sounds... it a much a much calmer way of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah riding sounds like the kind of thing you do in your 20s <laughs> no no yeah no, no. fair no totally I actually, fair <laughs> I, sex after kids is great it's the same sex that you're always having like honestly I don't okay. well I don't I didn't find that it affected that part of our relationship having kids at all and um, right except that things sometimes now you'd be more efficient like yeah, you wouldn't fair. be kind of yeah. like I would imagine a lot has to become more efficient. You wouldn't be settling yeah. into like yeah. a kind of an exploratory session. You'd be very much like okay. every man for themselves. It's a race to the finish. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you're kind of eyeballing each other and you're like, I don't fucking care about you. I'm getting there. I don't care if yeah. you get there. I'm getting there. And then like, hopefully people get there, you know. <laughs> one eye on the clock the whole totally, time. Totally, like totally. Just, just yeah. one eye on the clock and just making sure that you have a nice time. <laughs> no, no. It's obviously... And have about mutual have, respect did, long, and love as well. All <laughs> oh, that. How long stuff, after yes. Vajmageddon did I let a dick up there? Yeah, like how long did you have to? Yeah. Okay, so for a good few months, I kept googling, um, this exact phrase: "Anyone just never ever have sex again after a baby." Like I genuinely. <laughs> was so sad because I thought that was the end of oh, sex. Oh no. I swear to God. And God. even though like, I, like I'd like i have enough like really close friends who were just like absolute real talkers and like I'd be on totally. to Jen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be on to Louise, my friend. Um, we had a WhatsApp group, the three of us, because we'd all had babies um, very close, uh, close together. And mm. they were great about it. Like as in great about sharing their experiences and stuff. Jen was like just lube, yeah. lube. Every time I text any kind of little worry about like, I just it's like it's been four months, but I still can't imagine doing it. And Jen would just write back in all caps, screaming lube. <laughs> and I think I kind of worked myself up more in my head about okay, it being yeah, so yeah, painful about. And mm-hmm. in the end, I'd say it was four months. I'd say it was only about a month after I got the like cauterizing on the wo- on the wound. Oh, yuck. Yeah. I mean, oh. how lucky is my husband? 
yes, you can come and <laughs> fuck my wound. Mm. Um, but like, enjoy. Yeah, in the end, after the cauterizing, like it kind of, I was about to say, it really came together. <laughs> it really came together, Ash. And um, that's another problem. Like there is obviously like just being a human down through there. So Fair, you're yeah. there, I suppose, in those kind of first few goes afterwards, just being like, Ah, nothing's touching the sides is what yeah I just need to gain purchase on this and then then does it it, I presume though it all comes back together like the way it used to be yeah pretty much even like Vajmageddon which really should have been a kind of a share style facelift at the least yeah (laughs) She, like it's so it did totally come back to the way pretty much happen. the way yeah. it always felt and not through okay. any kind of effort on my part okay. <laughs> I'll be honest and I and was this, not doing the recommended the, the, exercises you weren't doing your kegel floor trying. exercises they're so boring <laughs> the only fun so way boring. to do yeah. them I think mm. is if you're in it's conversation there's a dick there well well that oh no never mind <laughs> yeah if you're clamping down hard no no um, it's if you're like in conversation with someone who you don't really like and so okay you just you can amuse yourself by just being like they don't even know that i'm spending this home, whole time kegeling at them i'm just glaring and kegeling glare and kegel i'm just and they you're just wasting my time while i exercise no. yeah so that's the odd time like if i'm annoyed with you i'm probably kegeling at you um, okay. This is one of my That's really petty, low-grade aggressions that I do. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and I have to, yeah, all the sex stuff like really comes back. I think what's a bigger barrier um, mm. than just the whole kind of like sausage down O'Connell Street stuff is the head stuff. <laughs> because yeah. you're just really scrambling to get back mentally to who you are. Um, after a yes. baby yeah and I remember and like I think the mental the mental battle is the biggest one yeah like in terms of for for successful like everyone having a great time together uh, sex like I well, always say that like, like good luck having an for orgasm for women especially overthinking yeah. something like forget it yes it's so yeah, mad 100% and then if you're overthinking like the, the the fact that the existence of three humans depends on you that must be a bit of a distraction at least like I mean yeah <laughs> oh um, yeah. But yeah, no, the mental side of it is, I think, yeah, mm. by far the bigger challenge because you're just, there's something about the initial bit after having a baby and especially your first, it's definitely the most acute on your first where you kind of, you go through this phase of like, you feel like a stranger to yourself. And also right. I feel like your body is like a home to this whole other little creature like in a way that I think it's hard to prepare for before the baby comes out. Like when you're pregnant, you're just like, I'll have a baby and I'll give it a bottle or I'll give it a tit and I'll change its nappy and then perfect. But yeah. instead, w- that relationship is like way, way more synced up than you realize it's going to be. Like they literally live okay. inside you for nine months and then they live on you for like however many months after that depending on your buzz but like they sleep on you they feed off you you're just completely possessed by them and yeah it's so I think it's a much bigger kind of step away from the baby and back into yourself when you start kind of like 
uh, you know, feeling sexual again and wanting to have sex. Yeah. And it's just mad. It's it's actually quite challenging to describe it, but it is kind of like, a, how do I do is this? There, and what is, do there, I like? is there a way, is there like, have you got like a method to kind of like, do you have to, do you literally like, if you want to have the ride or have the gentle sex that you're having now, <laughs> do you want, do you have to like, do you have to have... You know, do you have to like farm out the kids and like go on a date and get yourself into the mindset? Or I know you said it has to be very efficient and stuff now, but like, have you got any way that you tune back into that yourself, yourself being a sexual entity rather than just something that a baby is, you know, having food with and, you know, all this kind of like, how do you, how do you tune back into yourself? I know. Um, yeah. It seems like a moment, mindset. like, cause it feels like very distant right at the moment. Cause the, this baby is five mm. weeks old and, you know, I'm kind of just really wrapped up in, in that phase that like, I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to think more back to my second and how did that happen? But I feel like I think we just like maybe watched The Wolf of Wall Street and then I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I think that plane orgy did it for no one in the world except a very sex-starved <laughs> postpartum woman in Ireland in whenever, 2016. <laughs> but yeah. It, I was just thinking that plane orgy is like among the least sexy things I've ever seen. Oh, so <laughs> It looks just like this just a whole heap of chicken breasts pounding each other it's not sexy but I think (laughs) when you've been like when it's been like six months seven months you know yeah (laughs) you can become very suggestible Um, and I think it was like I probably had just about mastered you know convincing the baby to go for a nap not on my tit um, yeah, which was fair. huge. <laughs> and um, yeah, because I mean, let's face it, you know, but the boobs need to be somewhat available, you know, for other activities at, at those moments. Even yeah. though sometimes they can be like a bit, you have to kind of unlearn. If you're like a woman who really, really enjoys boob fondling, you kind of have to let that yeah. go for a while because they're very reactive when if you're nursing fair like yes and you yeah, could okay. suddenly be having like you know a boob buffet in the middle of sex that you did not sign up for is what i'm An saying unintentional boob buffet absolutely i get you <laughs> i get what you're saying and the, the thing is as well do you do you have to kind of um i've i've often wondered because i would be an i would be an enjoyer of of a bit of boob action and I I often wonder, do you have to completely detach the practical element? Like, because look, what the boobs are there for is not to, you know, enhance your sex life. Your boobs are there to feed your children, really. So do you have to, a bit of both, do you have to separate the the feeding boob action from the other? Like, how do you kind of draw that line and be like, okay, these are now, these have now stopped being feeding implements and they are now implements for enjoyment like how how does that I've definitely heard friends describe finding that difficult if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I don't think okay. I've particularly found it difficult because I sort of feel like it was all about like framing the boobs for me. So like if the boobs are in the context okay. of the baby, grand, that's what they're doing. And then like if the boobs are in the context of my husband, I'm like, hey, hello. They're they're a different thing. Yeah, yeah. they're back. But... I definitely have heard other people describe that as being tricky. And what about during pregnancy? You, I, I, I know like the kind of sex during pregnancy thing. I've heard from other people, um, friends of mine and, and things who have had pregnancies and had babies that during pregnancy, their bodies have changed so much that like, you, you know, the way you're saying you feel like you have to tune back into the sexual side of yourself. They they were saying that their bodies changed so much that they're looking at themselves in the mirror and they're like, who is this? And for that reason, they're, they struggle, their partners sometimes can struggle to find them, not not to find them attractive, but to want to, you know, to want to have sex with them it. because their Absolutely. bodies look so different. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that definitely is the case for, for us. Like I... I'd say kind of after around sort of five, six months, like when the bump starts getting really big, it's just yeah. for starters, a bit like landing a Boeing 747. There is like logistics like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> 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 Especially depending on what your faves are in terms of, um, you know, who's going where. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, there's a lot of things kind of a bit off the menu. Like, fair, you know, yes. like anything kind of on Missionary your Missionary is probably gone. Like, yeah. I would say that's one of the few that kind of is probably still there. But like, really, who's... Who's oh really? Okay. Um, no, no. Yeah. Um, you can do that kind of like <laughs> sitting up version. You know that kind of. Yes. Yeah. That kind of yeah. perpendicular. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's all about the angles. This is where all the science the comes in. This is why we did physics in school, people. <laughs> I just I'll quickly get my what was that little blue book we had with all sin, cause that's oh yeah tangents. 
Oh my, oh my god I don't know what the name of that book was but it haunts it, me yeah I can I can picture it I just don't know what it was I called. just remember the whole book and being like, so irrelevant to me in ordinary level maths there was just one page yeah. with one <laughs> single table on it that was relevant yeah. um the fr- no the page we, the page with my name on it was the only page I understood <laughs> like um oh my god yeah so like that was it I found that really really hard because I think mm. for it did, really it's so personal but I know for me I don't get weirded out by my body changing massively when I'm pregnant um okay and I definitely you're you still got like a lot of hormones and I think that like second trimester that whole middle phase I was like massively randy is the only word for it yeah like I that's was like the, yeah, randy like thing, your yeah. aunt kind of pissed at a wedding like that's Okay. <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not just will have sex. Will have with sex. Any. Yes. Yes. And then it's so cruel because you're like, sex bud is like, I am recoiling at the notion of doing this to you right now. And it's so psychological. And yet all you want to do. <laughs> totally. And it t- turns into this awful sense of kind of like, oh, well, I'm not going to pester you about this, but equally, this is sad. But, yeah. you know, you kind of, you know, it finds a way, Ashling. you know, Shauna at sexshopper.ie is doing the Lord's work. And, um, you know, you there's a par- I was looking, I saw on Instagram the other day, there's a there's a real um, there's a lot of people out there strung out for batteries at the moment <laughs> with the whole coronavirus yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and like the first thing, there was someone in particular who was like, you know, she was single, she was making a shopping list and at the top of the list was batteries. And I was like, I have never identified with something more in my entire life. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's just, it's so funny because there's like, there's that whole thing of, you know, when you're in a relationship, like, do you, is this are sex toys a thing in your life anymore or is that just something that you're like hmm, that was nice in the past um i would say we are quite analog um okay yeah. now <laughs> like and even yeah like i would just say i think that we have a really nice relationship on that side um it's mm. not yeah like i wouldn't say it hasn't been a big feature like, yeah, I, I follow an account called Dildo Nightmares and um, sometimes uh, I send unsolicited pics from that to my husband. <laughs> um, and I think it just really <laughs> confirms for him that he's really not interested in me owning a dildo to use on him <laughs> at all. Um, but, um, I'm immediately going to follow that account, oh, by so the way. Good. It seems horrific. Like, <laughs> seems like it's essential. Yeah. You'll just be there, like really enjoying some nice interior shots, you know, somebody baking and then like, bang! just the most hideous dildo <laughs> contraption you're like wow that's amazing um i love that this is what you're communicating with your husband i love that that's like the <laughs> caliber of your messages that is my favorite thing oh my god yeah there was a time i can't remember i think it was my second pregnancy where i used to send him like um surprise crowning shots um of babies Lovely. like you Beautiful. know as we were approaching Great. the due date and i'd be like um, oh not even not even like your crowning shots like just just random you know, ones from the baby internet. a yeah. okay yeah, oh yeah brilliant. and i'd yeah. just be saying something like was looking at the attached for the garden um and then he'd <laughs> click in and i'd be like Mah-ha-ha-ha. um yeah crowding <laughs> gotcha crowning it's crown o'clock um but yeah um 
What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the, the dry spell is very dry for us now. But that's, again, I think there's loads of people who are definitely, like, able to get over that. But I definitely, mm-hmm. it just was so not his bag. It's a pregnancy. It's a real, mm. real cock block. But there must be loads <laughs> of people doing fine with that. And then there's people who, like, you know, love, you know, it's kind of a niche porn thing. Pregnant ladies. Yeah, I was about to say. I should I have set up an OnlyFans. Um, yeah, my last you would have made a lot of I money. I could have absolutely coined it. But then I feel like there yeah. would be a slight guilt about the baby. I mean, only very slight. slight. I mean, I'm sure the baby would appreciate all of the money. I was going to say, did you <laughs> appreciate a later your third level education, Sonny? <laughs> because OnlyFans paid for that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a question that I've, I've always wanted to ask and I've never had the confidence to ask but I feel like you're the one okay. that you're I, I feel like you'll respond you'll you'll know you'll you'll tell me the honest answer okay have you ever or where do you stand on having to have sex in front of a baby that has to be nearby you for like logistic reasons like if there's a human baby that is like completely unaware that you know it can't even see two feet in front of itself and it's in the room where do you stand on having sex with that baby in the room um, I definitely wouldn't persecute anyone over that. Uh, I okay. can't, I don't know if it's ever come up. Like, I do feel like it would probably be hard, like from personally, I'm answering personally. I think it'd be really hard yeah. to yeah. get into the headspace. Um, yes, this is what I don't understand. Because I, I, I've heard of a couple of people who've done it, but I just. I think it's like, it's just like a pet. They're not making memories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So I definitely feel yeah. like in like, theory, yeah. yes. But I also am like, I just don't know yeah. if that'd be like the best fun I've ever had with another This person. is the thing. This is like... And the thing is like, that, I have done things yeah. like, I do remember taking um, one of the babies to a hotel room when they were really young. And I remember being like, well, we just nudge okay. it into the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I think in <laughs> the end put we, it went, into the we went to the bathroom. Sure. Um, we were polite. We were like, do you know what? He's happy there in the corner of the bedroom. We'll just cram <laughs> into this little ensuite. No, yeah, I think there's like an age where babies are like, you know, they're barely sentient. Like they're, you know, it's like this having a thing. very, like, very I mean, important, very fancy, expensive handbag. Like it's so yes. important. Obviously, you protect it that handbag with your life yeah um, but Dust the handbag everything, doesn't yeah. know what's going on and yeah and can't 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 at a later moment in its life recall the fact that you traumatized it by having sex in front of it absolutely yeah. not fair so sex in front of handbags <laughs> yeah. gets my vote totally fine yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and i because i i a, fr- a friend of mine was saying that they uh, her and her partner had they had that little, uh, okay, so mothers that are listening to this are going to be like, you need to cop onto yourself. But I don't know the name of the thing that you attach to the bed. I think it's like, like it's like, it's basically like a cop, but you like stick it onto your bed. Oh, yeah. And you're, like you put your baby sleeper. in it. Yes, yes, that is what it's called, a co-sleeper. So they had a co-sleeper, the baby's in the co-sleeper. It was like four weeks old. Definitely not making memories. Definitely doesn't have a clue that it even exists, right? So it's lying there asleep. And they... We're like, look, we'll just go to the other side of this large bed and have sex there. <laughs> and I, okay, like I do not judge. I am absolutely, I am, I was actually kind of 
sort of delighted that at four weeks postpartum they were like let's get the ride back on the table you know I was kind of delighted about that aspect but there was also a part of me that like was wondering how that mother as a mother is going to be able to like 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 suction off this baby yeah like not even look the baby in the eye but just detach the fact that she's worrying about like I mean you know worrying about if the baby's going to wake or if the baby's going to cry or is the baby still breathing or you know all those motherly instincts kind of they would interfere with an orgasm I would imagine so that was my kind of you know it wasn't so much that I would be like what you had sex in front of your baby because obviously at that stage they they don't know but it's more so how like how did you have good sex like did you have good sex yeah like can you do that can you like lower the volume on your mamminess and then up the volume on the I'm so horny I could <laughs> have sex at a table yeah side of things, oh I fully know? identify with that <laughs> I think you definitely can lower the volume absolutely because okay. otherwise okay. like I remember say the first few months of having my very first baby I could I was like mm. I don't actually know how I'm gonna cope with this life of being terrified 100% of the time of something happening to this baby. And then like, Fair. I think it must be something like legitimately on a kind of a, a neurological level that kicks in that just allows you to carry on even with all the horrendous outcomes and unknowns and anxieties. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what kids yeah. and parenting is. It's just a complete, shot in the dark and it's so much scarier than any unknown you've faced before in your life because you, you really don't care about yourself that much and then you have these kids and you're like oh my god shit am I gonna have to operate at this level of terror for the rest of my life and then I think you genuinely actually you get somehow kind of used to it so it's not to say that okay, you don't so ever just, think yeah. of it. There's nights sometimes when the volume's like way up and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I fucked them up forever? What if blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah. for the most part, you, you kind of get to an operational level with it where you're like, okay. I'm making toast and I'm worrying about something really stupid, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. actually managed to turn dial down that volume that would otherwise always be screaming, the babies, oh my God, yeah. how could and you bring children And then a few years world? later... You know, <laughs> and a few years later, you realize you've kept them all alive, and you know you've done you've done a great job inadvertently, almost just <laughs> almost accidentally. Absolutely, they've survived you. Yeah. Basically, it's complete accident. But yes, no, completely. Um, but it's definitely very full and on on the first one. You're like, <laughs> like I definitely remember about, like, thinking I... I'd be this worried every yeah. second of my life from now on, and it was quite forever. Um, it was quite an intense thing to take on, and. I can report yeah. back six years in, it has calmed down. <laughs> well, that is good to know. Worry that is more. really good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know from um, from friends of mine who have kids, like I said, and from you, you've got three now. This is, um, Sunny is your third. And I, like, when I think back, so my grandmother, my mom's mom, had 10 children uh, in like... I know and it, she had them in like not not that many years like as in maybe 15 years so, or 14 years something like that so there was like a lot of pregnancy and a lot of you know just birthing and all sorts going on and and yet like she still managed to have 10 children so there had to be sex happening you know 
fairly regularly and, and, and stuff. And I just, I just don't understand the logistics of that. As in, if there are 10 other humans or eight other humans or not, or even three in your case, like w- talk me through what has to happen. Like as in, do you have to farm out two out of three kids? Do you have to they just, ensure they to that they're... They go, and, and then they're fine and then it's fine and you're are you not constantly shitting it that they're going to wake up and barge in no <laughs> like, you know I feel like okay, this that's good I brand suppose. new worries that you're introducing me to no no I don't actually <laughs> get stressed about that like we close the door okay <laughs> like okay. we're not on the go, landing and they go off to bed we're, we're in our room <laughs> <laughs> yeah they go well, to that's bed a relief. they're quite sound sleepers um uh, yeah okay, I good. would say good. that actually that's even close to my top 100 casual everyday fears at all I never think oh my about God, that brilliant but maybe <laughs> maybe one night I'll just turn around the three of them will be standing in a row just <laughs> silently screaming <laughs> Um, and I'll just get a text being like, it is now my top five worries. Ashling, I should have listened to you. I should have taken precautions. But no, no, no I just closed Do the door. Do you know what? We this have is, a key a, and I would use the key if I felt okay. nervous about it. But I don't think I... Okay. Yeah. No, it's definitely not the big, um, like, you know, sort of logistical nightmare that you're imagining it to be. As far as I see. I okay, see. I'm delighted about that. But I that. always, whenever I'm I talk really publicly about, about parenting or sex, I'm like, maybe I'm not doing either right. <laughs> like, Fair. And someone <laughs> will be like, um, excuse me, Sophie. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just put them to bed, hope for the best, you know. I mean, they'd often be up. They'd often be like up kind of, you know, in the night and popping up to you. And like, you'd be, you know, the way you'd go to sleep after and you'd just be like, you know. In whatever kind of yeah. state yeah. you might have been in. Yeah. So there'd be a bit undressed. of fumbling yes, yes, yes. and, you know, that. But also, I mean, yeah. I'm still at the point with mine where they're young enough that, like, you know, there's kind of just a lot of casual nudity in the house. Yeah. So fair. it's not like yeah. they'd be like, oh, my God. Because they probably saw yeah, me having a shower. They wouldn't be like, why are earlier. you naked? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm kind yeah, of working yeah. up to the, like, um, should I start being more kind of clothed? Like I'm not, I'm not like a wanderer nude, but yeah. you know, be more yeah. like at any given time if I'm in the bathroom, there's at least two or three other people in there with me. That's just like a, an absolute, I would presume, standard. totally normal standard thing yeah. in family life. And uh, I would imagine so. Yes. Yeah, like my six year old did. I was having a shower a few weeks ago, and he was like, "Oh my god, what happened to your penis?" Um, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> nothing. It's cool." It's totally chill. Um, it just, I just never had one. <laughs> like, um, I was saying to Jen, I should have exploited it later. <laughs> like, done something really evil. Like, oh, I didn't listen to my mother. And. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That would have been such a good thing to terrify your child with. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, like, I might be getting on time that I, like, might start keeping the old vulva under wraps. But, um, especially, it's the and only like, one in the house. What, It'll be running scared. Does the. Does the does the eldest child have like any awareness yet of the right of like do you know what I mean as in like when do you start you know even if they're in bed and they come in yeah yeah, like what what, yeah um I kind of just started like when he started asking questions when I was pregnant with my second one so I got a book right that was like just genuinely like uh you know where do babies come from and Anything okay, he yeah. asked me, I was like, we should check the book. Let's ask the book. 
and um, then the two great idea kind of just schooled together give the responsibility to the book yeah, yeah yeah so the kind of books are good because I guess you know like there's no I I don't think there's any point in like coming up with some kind of weird elaborate sort of you know um uh what's the, who's that guy lie lie that's the one lie i was gonna say like an yeah. aesop's aesop's fable for like oh yeah like a like the big allegory yeah, yeah, yeah. of um yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. i just try and sort of like go as close as stay as close to the absolute like real truth and then just like just dial down the kind of horrendousness a bit and so yeah, you know yeah. instead of like you know penetrating and you know blah blah you just be like that (laughs) then data puts the seed blah de blah and you know like yeah that's kind of it and I I think it just starts in by increments but there's a really good um a woman on Instagram called Sarah Spruill who is like a sex and relationships educator and she talks loads about having those kind of conversations with your family and your kids and stuff Mm. with your family like imagine just with your mom or whatever imagine imagine Imagine. did you know how I got pregnant (laughs) mum she'd be like imagine (laughs) yes just don't want that image in my head Uh, but anyway so at, uh, at Sarah Spruill is her name on Instagram and she's really good on kind of like how far do you take it and when? <laughs> and she's great yeah, on like talking to like, teenagers about like porn and things like that as well. Because obviously there's that end of the oh, spectrum that's good. too. Yeah. But I genuinely um, just try I just, and be chill about it because I kind of feel about it, anything yeah, scary yeah. from my childhood was usually when people were being unchill about something that they could have just been a bit chill. Yeah. About. Depends. Yeah. Although I do, I do have this memory. I remember um, one of my kind of, I, it's it terrifies me that this is one of my clearest memories from childhood but I I remember finding a book in my house about um god this is really dark I'm so sorry that I'm bringing this up but I remember finding this book about um like essentially what it was was you give this to your child and then they read it and then they understand what it means to avoid a paedophile kind of vibe it was essentially like it was a book like you know it's not appropriate if this person wants to touch you or if they you know what oh, I mean yeah. it was kind of like it's what happens but it was it told it was, it was told to in, touch you run away yeah and like what what you know who's allowed to touch you and who's allowed to see which body parts and mm. and who you should tell if someone you know all this kind of stuff and I remember finding it and I remember like these really weird 1970s like illustrations of of like you know cartoon pedophiles and just like I just I remember that so vividly so like and in fairness I mean I learned I learned my lesson from that book I learned the intention was there not a bad book as it turns out but um it just just when you were saying there about uh the kind of you know explaining it to children and Mm. their awareness of what sex is and what that all that kind of thing is um a a family member a little cousin of mine asked before what a lesbian was Mm. and my aunt was trying to explain you know well look it's when two women love each other and they live together in a house and they're happy and you know all this kind of stuff and at the same time as this of course two of my aunts who are sisters had bought a house and because they're they were both um they hadn't they were both single and they wanted to get a mortgage and they couldn't individually so they bought a house together but they're sisters and so my little cousin put two and two together and was like cool 
they're lesbians this is what a lesbian is and like and it kind of went from there so you're probably right to not not you know not try and sugarcoat it because mistakes can happen and kids can take things quite literally completely like I we keep having to try and explain to Rue that he can't marry Ari his brother um yeah. And I think that's definitely born Which out of me. Which is adorable, by the way. Uh, yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> no, they'll ask you before the registry office if you're related, lads. It's literally that. We're not being hard asses <laughs> here. They're like, oh. Yeah. Um, but I think that was definitely born out of me being like, you can marry whoever you want. And, you know, like, I think yeah. I'm constantly yeah. finding myself, tying myself up in knots with, like, trying to you know, give them like a proper progressive view of sex and relationships and then like winding yeah. up like up some like shit's Greek, like with them begging <laughs> to marry their brother. And I'm like, God damn it. But um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a minefield. And like, I know, like Seb, my husband's way more kind of like easygoing and like doesn't overthink as much. And like, I can hear him laughing at me like when um when Rue was like, oh, my God, what happened to your penis? I was like, oh, I don't have a penis. Um, I have a vagina. And then I was like, about 10 minutes later, I remembered that, like, you know, the way like everyone's talking so much lately about how it's a vulva. It's not a vagina. And we've all been yeah. weirdly calling it the we've wrong thing for to. years. And Seb yeah, heard me yeah, go yeah. and like find Rue, seek him out to be like, wait, do you remember earlier I said I had a vagina? It's actually a vulva. I'm sorry. I said the wrong word. It's a vulva. And I was like, get him started right. Get him on the right road and I could hear Seb laughing his ass off downstairs being like <laughs> listen to her oh my god ridiculous person but that's so that's so true that that vagina vulva conversation has been happening a lot around me lately it seems yeah. we've yeah like it's I it, I keep it keeps coming up I keep seeing like people talking about vulvas and, and referencing their vulva and I'm like Oh, so we can't say vag anymore. Are we gonna have to say vulva? Vulv. Are you gonna have to change it to Vulvmageddon? Like <laughs> I love it. Vulvmageddon sounds oh my goodness. very exciting. As you can hear, I think we're about to have some kind of like shite Mageddon Mageddon out of Oh Sonny. fantastic can you hear him? He's from like, Sonny. Ah. I love that. I've never heard anyone <laughs> working so hard. <laughs> Are you okay, Sonny? Well, from 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 Vagmageddon to Vulvmageddon, we have come full circle, and I think now before Shitemageddon would be a great time to wrap up the episode. So, Sophie White, thank you so much for being so honest about sex and motherhood. That was oh, absolutely fascinating, and I I feel so much more confident about potentially going into motherhood and continuing and to have continuing. sex, life, which is a, a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. in a way, like you get. I think you definitely. Your sex life flourishes because you don't go out anymore. <laughs> so you have to have sex. Yeah. You have to entertain yourself somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank thank you everyone so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, and I, I'm going to say, I, I don't want to bring it to kind of, uh, there's so much noise online at the moment about COVID-19 and coronavirus and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, this podcast is going to be a, bit of an escape a bit of a reprieve from the constant news and noise about that so I'm not going to talk about it too much other than to say I hope everyone's staying at home I hope everyone is staying safe staying healthy self-isolating keeping away from groups all that kind of stuff and following all the HSE guidelines basically and um, once again thank you so much Sophie and um, I hope this I hope this sounded okay because we are in two different places we're probably 20 or 30 kilometers away from each other although you may never know (laughs) we are mass maximum Um, distancing 
And I also we have actually a are. Sort of screaming just just outside my door. Just adjacent to you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much so, for having me. Um, yeah. It was great fun. Thank you so much again, Sophie. And to everyone else, stay safe, have fun. And I'll talk to you next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.